Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self-care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our community. Full transparency, this is my second time recording this because the first time my mic didn't connect, and that's because I was rushing because it's been a fucking crazy ass Monday. I'm now on the couch in a way less proper setting. So I'm vibing out and I'm feeling like I'm losing my mind today. It's been a fucking crazy busy Monday, let me tell you. But everything happens for a reason because between now and the time that I had first recorded this intro... I have a lot less stress and anxiety because I just got someone to cover my morning shift tomorrow, which is huge because a lot of my anxiety was stemming from the fact that I have to edit Shelby's video by tomorrow and it's 6 30 p.m on a Monday and I have the morning shift tomorrow so I was like I'm gonna have to edit this like all night and I also have to wake up at 5 a.m so there's no time for self-care I was just I also haven't taken a break all fucking day so it's just it's been a lot but I don't want you guys to get secondhand anxiety so let's just jump right in (laughs) Oh my God. Anyway, let's start with what was in alignment for me this week and what was out of alignment and you guys reflect on your weeks as well. Okay. In alignment. Let's get back to that place. Shall we, Jen? (laughs) Okay. Honestly, what I will say is I've been feeling so re-inspired with content creation. I'm like editing my YouTube videos again and excited to edit them, like putting them first before anything else. I'm feeling re-inspired with vlogging again. Like I did a deep dive into what's doing well on YouTube right now and just like getting inspiration and taking ideas, but making them my own. And I'm just like feeling very excited about it again. Even TikTok, like I'm just, I'm in a good creative spirit right now. And what's really nice is I noticed that like over a span of two weeks, I had helped four friends just get clarity on their vision, if you will. Like they were all venting to me about very different things and talking about what they enjoy doing and maybe what they kind of want to start, don't really know. And I just like brought clarity to it and saw it so clearly. And every idea was different, but I was like, you should do this. You should do this. And here's how you can get there. And here's all the you know evidence and you can put it into a media kit or you can put it into portfolio or you can create examples and put it on Upwork. And I'm like, just like so excited and inspired and creative right now that I'm helping so many other people feel inspired. And one of my friends, Sydney was like, you should do this for people. Like you should have, you know, consultations where people can just come to you and you tell them how to execute or how to get creative with it or how to make a job out of their passion or just like where, what to do. And that's super vague. So I didn't do it. But then I told my friend Jess that I, you know, was talking to Sydney about that. And she was like, you 100% should. And one of the best compliments was she was like, I feel so inspired after I talked to you. And I don't know, you know, this is a very like vague situation. So I'm not going to like brand it or market it or anything, but I'm just going to create a Calendly link. And if anyone needs like a creative brainstorm bestie session, someone to listen to you undivided, for an hour and or 45 minutes, whatever, and just like, give you ideas, help you get clarity, find your why behind it, see, you know, your pain points. Like I'm really good at even for myself, I knew I had to go to the coffee shop the other week and have a creative brainstorm. I knew exactly what tasks would help me get to, you know, a place where I was re-inspired with YouTube and like, finding other people in my niche and 
how to take, you know, ideas from them and make it my own and what's doing well right now. And, you know, if I want to make extra money, the first thing that pops into my mind is I'm really good at thumbnails. Let's go on Upwork, make a profile. Apply. Like I just, I spiral and I just like, I, I just have a knack for like seeing a vision out of talent and out of, I don't know what you're passionate about and just like being able to make it a job, even if it's just like making a cake or being funny. Like, I just feel like I, I have ideas constantly for people and it's more just like a creative brainstorm ideation sesh. So with that being said, I'm just going to like throw a Calendly link in the description, you know, can be over Venmo, just like very casual. I'm going to just like talk about it on my podcast right now on YouTube not make a whole thing out of it. But like, if anyone happens to click on the link, feel free. I just, I get excited for other people. So that's what's in alignment this week. So let's get into what was out of alignment this week. I mean, all I can think about right now is just my anxiety. I feel like also what was in alignment was I've been very, March has been a social month for me. I don't know why. Don't know how it happened. I've just like been loving making plans, making plans, making plans. And now it's all like catching up to me. In terms of, wait, I really need to focus because basically I, I was outsourcing editing for a, for a while with my YouTube videos because I just felt so drained and I've been so re-inspired that I've been wanting to edit my own YouTube videos and also save money because it was getting really expensive in my bank account, especially with being more social. New York City comes spending more money. I was like, I'm just going to save money. I'm feeling re-inspired. I'm going to edit my own videos. Now I remember why I stopped doing that for a minute because editing videos takes hours of focused zoned in energy and when I'm already doing that for Shelby a few times a week and then I try to do my own I get into a place where I was just now needing to get my morning shift covered because I was like I'm gonna be up all night editing and then waking up for a 5 a.m shift and I have to take fucking care of myself and I cannot perform well when I feel like I'm having a week where I'm getting no sleep and I'm not meeting deadlines and I'm editing late at night. And like, that just doesn't feel good to me. I want to be able to, you know, at 6.30 now, I want to be able to at seven o'clock cook dinner with Ethan, do my Lacey Phillips, watch a show, whatever, and then like wake up rejuvenated. So I'm really glad. I'm very solution forward. I'm glad that I figured out a way. I was like, you know what? If I can just get my morning shift covered, I'm making the same amount of money in one Shelby video obviously a little bit less if I was able to do both, but it's not the end of the world financially and mental health wise. If I could just cut myself off for the night, cause I've been running around like a mad woman today. And then first thing in the morning, edit her videos for her video for a few hours and get it, you know, done on time without sacrificing my sleep or my mental health. That is what's best. So that's what I did before coming back on the mic. So I think my energy was a little chaotic before anyway, so this is for the best. <laughs> and I'm curious if anyone else feels this way. So I basically everyone I know is in New York City. From every walk of life, really everyone is here. And I am blessed to have such incredible people in my life that I genuinely want to catch up with and make time for. So I'm like scheduling people weeks out. Like I am that annoying bitch that's like, I don't have time this week for you, but like what about next week? Because like I just need to make sure we actually get it in instead of being like, yeah, we got to get coffee. We got to do this. We got to do that. And never doing it. I'm the type of person that's like, I'm busy this week, but like, can we still do it? Like, let's schedule for two weeks from now. And now I'm like, I have so much on my calendar though. So like when a friend's like, Hey, want to hang out tomorrow? I get riddled with anxiety. Cause I'm like, bitch, I'm booked out <laughs> for three weeks. I can't even hang out with a friend casually. Cause like I need some alone time. Oh chaotic energy over here and my computer is dying of course because that's the theme of the day but <laughs> basically something I struggle with is on days like today where I'm so busy and I already am anxious that I have plans every night and then I get texts from people that you know I don't talk to on the day to day those people don't give me anxiety but like people that want to catch up or make a plan when they ask me at like 12 o'clock on a Monday I just want to scream and I get riddled with anxiety and cannot answer for like eight hours because I just don't have the time or energy to give to anything else when I feel so spread thin. So curious if anyone else feels that way. Honestly, it's so hard. Like you can't just say to someone, honestly, I'm booked for three weeks. I really need to focus the other night on like my mental health and Ethan and like I need some alone time at some point. Like I'm really sorry. Can we circle back in a few weeks and like I'll hang out with you then? Like, how do you say it without being a bitch? 
curious if you guys deal with this. I, I'm actually planning on doing a YouTube video on how to set boundaries without being a bitch, but I haven't like scripted it out yet. So I think that'll be really therapeutic to come up with the answers to that for you guys. And I think that'll help myself as well. So get excited for that. Maybe we'll make it a podcast episode as well. All right, let's breathe in what was in alignment for us this week. Breathe out what was out of alignment for us this week. (sighs) Okay, I'm having my dream guest for the longest time. She is like my personal idol, Sarah Larson Levy. She is the co-founder and CEO of my favorite yoga studio in the entire fucking world, Y7 Studio. She, as a consumer, instead of as like an expert or a trainer, came up with what the consumer wants in a yoga class. She could only do yoga, which she'll explain in the episode. And she did not resonate with any yoga studio. So she created her own and thank God she did because I'm obsessed. So much so that in the pandemic, I even did the online studio. If after this episode, you're like, what is Y7? I need to go or I need to try it online. I have reviews for both the online one and the in-person studio on my YouTube channel. So go check that out. What we spoke about in this episode, though, was how she created Y7 out of frustration and the need to practice, how the studio started as a pop-up during her corporate nine-to-five job, which is just like the most inspiring story to me. Like I could listen to her story over and over again. I listened to her on every possible podcast she's ever been on. She talks about the pure intention behind every single part of Y7, taking out the mirrors, verbal cues, the music, you know, the dark lighting, all of it. And her advice for feeling intimidated by starting and getting into workout classes. We've all been there. Me and her both were not experts. Both of us were just like regular girls who like felt the need for a workout class. So she talks about, you know, how this first time at your studio is the hardest time and just like how to get over the hump of feeling intimidated how spirituality plays a role in Y7, the health benefits of infrared heat as opposed to the heat that, you know, typical space heaters will give off, all of the things. Just like we really went deep on her entrepreneurial story, Y7, yoga, all of it. She has broken down such barriers for women, especially in the health and wellness industry. She is the person who inspires me the most. And she, They say don't meet your heroes, but she lived up to my expectations and then some. She's just like the sweetest, most genuine person in the world. I'm obsessed with her. So let's get into the episode. But if you love Y7 or you love this conversation, please take a screenshot, put it on your Instagram stories, send it to a friend if you think she would love it. And let's get into the episode. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for coming onto this podcast. And I'm about to fangirl very hard. So I need to just get the first question out of the way. What is your top self-care tip that has played a role in your success? I sleep. I am no good when I don't (laughs) sleep. Um, I am not nice. I am short tempered. Just all the things that you associate with somebody who is like a tired toddler, like that is me. Um, and I realized very early on that if I want to do anything with my best foot forward, I really need that. Like I need seven hours and I'm good to go. And how do you get the seven hours? Like, do you, cause I find when I'm like editing a YouTube video or something right before bed, I cannot sleep well. Like I need to have some sort of even like mini wind down moment. Yeah. So my wind down moment really isn't like, it's not that extensive, but I, I always read before bed. Okay. Always, always, always. And a lot of people like, I love my Kindle, but for some reason I can never keep it charged because I don't know, chargers <laughs> are hard. Um, but so I read on my Kindle app on my, my phone, but I turn my phone on like dark mode and I just like, I read and always within like 10 minutes, like I'm like not thinking about what's going on in my life. I'm like engrossed in what I'm reading and I can just close my eyes and go to sleep. Um, and that really, really helps. It kind of helps take my mind away from my own to-do list and in like my own world and I can be in somebody else's for a minute. So it's fiction. You're reading fiction, I assume. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And probably not the most relaxing stuff. Like I love true crime and I realize that's like not relaxing, (laughs) but it just kind of takes me out of what, you know, my anxiety is my worry and I'm able to kind of, you know, put that aside and, you know, start to uh, relax. 
Yeah, there's no more to-do list going through your mind as you're falling yeah, asleep. exactly. I get that. Okay, well, I was kind of already, I like couldn't not talk before we started recording because I'm just so excited, but I'm going <laughs> to reiterate, I have been wanting you on the podcast since before I launched. You are the person that like when you come up on someone's podcast or something or like you post you were on someone's podcast, I'm like, I need to listen even if she tells the same story about how she started by 70 no. because it just re-inspires me. There's something Thank about you. you weren't a yoga teacher. You weren't a yogi. No. You barely even liked yoga. You didn't go to business school. Like you were Correct. in a normal corporate job in New York City, which I relate to. And yet you started this. I like consider it a movement, honestly. And like such a you started Y7 from that. And I feel like people think there are all these barriers that they have to knock down to start something. But you really just like you saw you were seeking out yoga and didn't like what you were finding. So you created something for yourself. So can you like tell for people who don't know that story, like yeah. what were you seeking? Yeah, yeah. So I actually, I, I pinched my sciatic nerve in late 2012. And I like, I didn't walk for a week. Like I had to call out of work. Like I was like, bedridden basically. Um, and you know, as I was starting to recover and get back into movement, my doctor was like, you really need to do yoga or Pilates. It's, you've got to strengthen your core, like enough with the cardio, like no spin classes. Like you got to wait until your strength is really like back in those places. And I was like, okay. Like I was, you know, I was 26 working in fashion. I was like, yeah, Pilates is off the table, but Thank you for that suggestion. I have, I have IBS and I keep getting the suggestion, like stop doing the HIIT workout, slow your body down. It's inflaming your body. And it's so hard to like actually take the advice it's and so slow hard. down. Yeah, it's so hard. And I, I, you know, so I kind of took like, you know, reformer and this was like, you know, this was now 2013 and this was kind of really before like boutique fitness was like a thing. So it was the options, you know, for Pilates were certainly not um, really around. And um, so I started trying all of these yoga studios throughout the city. And it's not that they were bad. They, they were all fine. And they, you know, a lot of these studios do a really incredible job. It was really personal to me why I didn't feel connected to them. Um, I, there were so many barriers for me to entry. I, I love what yoga is. I love the mind-body connection. I think it's so powerful. I think it is 10,000% real, all down from what we eat to how we think and how our body functions. And and I've always I've always had a strong belief in that. But as I was going to these studios, it was more about what I looked like, who I had taken class with. Well, what what level are you? Um, oh, you don't know this sutra, you haven't been on this retreat. And I was always left left feeling really on the outside, no matter where I was. Um, so Y7 is an experience I created out of frustration, and it was a place for me to practice. I wanted some pretty, you know, specific things. I wanted to, I wanted to take a yoga class. I wanted the benefit of all the poses. I wanted to feel like I was getting a workout. I wanted to feel like I was progressing in the poses and that I had a chance to um, do the poses more than once. So many times I would go into class and like I do like warrior two on the left side, be like, okay, I finally know where I'm supposed to be. And then we wouldn't yeah. do it again. And I was like, well, I don't know when I'm going to do this again. And I forget already. <laughs> so there was that aspect. There was, you know, the idea of no mirrors. I, I've never had abs. I've never seen mine. I've probably never will. And like, I'm totally like, I don't care to have a six pack. Like it's not a goal of mine. Like it's totally, I like eating and drinking way too much for that to be like top of mind. (laughs) But, you know, I I was in these classes and it was always, you know, the teacher saying to look like me, or it was pointing to someone who was really, really talented and who had probably been practicing for years. And I would always leave class feeling really bad about myself that my body wasn't where it needed to be. And it really pulled the focus off of what yoga is supposed to be, which is about you, about how you feel in the pose and what you are getting out of the pose, not about somebody else and not about what you look like. You and I are going to look different in a pose no matter what, because our anatomy is different. It's just, that's it. We should never look the same in the, in a pose. Um, 
And so that's kind of the reason for the no mirrors. And I also wanted it to be fun. And for me, music is such a huge motivator. I have like a playlist for everything. I have a playlist for cleaning that I'm like, all right, Mm-hmm. I can fold this laundry a little bit more enjoyably now or, you know, and I have a playlist for getting ready and I just, I love music and it motivates me so much. And I never really experienced like, you know, popular music, I guess, in a yoga class. I'd only had them in like regular, you know, kind of hit classes or spin classes or things like that. And I was like, why, why not? Like, why, why? Why can't mm-hmm. we have this? Yeah. Um, so, and then, the, you know, the whole reason behind kind of the very specific format, 95% of our classes are, you know, the same kind of format. Um, it's our We Flow Hard class. Every sequence will always be different. Every playlist will always be different. But there's kind of this rubric that we have our teachers follow of the three flows um, and all in 60 minutes. And I did that because there would be so many times where I'd be in a yoga class and it was seven to eight. And I was like, great, time to get to work. And 8.30 would roll around and teacher <laughs> yeah. was like, I just felt like we needed more today. And I was like, I have to go to work. I am now late to work. And this was yeah. awful. Um, so really just tried to create this idea of consistency for our clients. Um, I think that's something that's, it's always been really important to me to, especially when you're spending not only your money with somebody, but your time. You want to be able to know what you're getting. And I think that's really, really important as you try to create community and you try to be a consistent part in somebody's routine. Yeah. And what it what it makes me think of is I was never a yoga girl. Like I always tried because I'm like, I do all these workouts. I need to stretch. I need to slow down. Like, but something that resonated with me that you said was you didn't feel like you were getting a workout in because that's sometimes how I would feel. I'm like, that was great for what it was. But I don't feel like that post-workout high by any means that I now feel from Y7. It's not fun. It can be boring. And the number one thing I say about Y7 is it's fun. Like there's blasting music and it's very individualized. Like it's dark. There's no like that front row mentality where like the instructor is like, okay, front row. And like the front row is all like the the top yogis. Like that's not a thing. No. It's certainly not a thing. It like truly doesn't matter where you are. And that's kind of the point, right? It's just meant to be you and your mat. And as someone with a chronic injury, it's kind of like some days I'm like feeling really great. Other times I need to take things slower. And that's really the purpose behind the flow on your own portion of class, right? It's meant to be like, this is your time. This is, you are here for you. I want everybody who's stepping foot into Y7 not to be there for the instructor, to be seen by other people, but to be there for themselves. And I think one of the greatest ways to do that is like to take out all the distractions that you're seeing, right? We took out the mirrors. We took out the lights. We made it about you. We took out the idea that you have to stare at the teacher for like demoing. Um, It's all verbal cues and how you're interpreting it. And I think that's – there's something about it that's really, really freeing. And just really beautiful, especially as you're getting to know your body a little bit. I think so many times we're not really in tune with like the little cues that we're getting from our bodies. Um, And so to have that space to really pay attention to how something feels as opposed to how it looks, I think is really valuable. Completely. And that's why I always do it at night because I feel like just eliminating everything and all the shit that happened from the day and just being in a dark candlelit room with loud music, it's like it feels like a giant scream. Like you're just like, fuck everything. Like nothing matters. And I suck at yoga and I never have to feel less than like, I never ever compare myself in that class. And so many yoga studios can say we're inclusive. We're this, we're that. But the intention behind the no mirrors, eliminating distractions, like even the tone of voice and the language every single instructor uses, it's just, it really does actually cultivate that environment. Thank you. Yeah, we work we work really hard um, on that. And I think that, you know, again, like these are all things that like I really felt as someone who was like, I want to do yoga. Let me in. <laughs> and it was like, no. <laughs> I yeah. was like, okay. Yeah. Um, and again, like there's nothing wrong with more traditional forms of yoga. And I think what's so great about Y7 is we kind of call it like the gateway mm-hmm. to yoga. It's like your little gateway drug to yoga and it opens up the idea like, oh, I can do this. Oh, I do belong. Like 
I now never feel better about myself than when I do yoga, like when there's light around because I've been doing it in the dark for so long. I'm like, oh, right. it really is easier to balance when you can right. see. <laughs> and I'm like, so oh. True. And, you know, even in my personal practice, it's led me to do, you know, kind of like dabble in way different types of yoga than just straight vinyasa and something that I was, you know, only doing. And of course, like I, I love vinyasa, but like as I was, I had my son and was pregnant and then, you know, postpartum before I could kind of get back to that a um, little bit more intense movement, I, I had to slow down and I didn't feel weird or out of place um, or like I couldn't do it or I didn't belong. Um, and I think that's really, you know, the point, right? It's not that like, although I hope all of our clients stay with us forever, the hope is, is that like you, we are your entry point and we broke the barrier for you. And now if you want to, and if you're called to, you can dive deeper into, you know, the study of yoga, the different kinds of yoga and what that means for you. Yeah. Especially because I feel like with other yoga classes, it's either you could take the really slow foundational classes to learn the alignment and the form, or you can take the really fast vinyasa. And with your format, you do both. You learn the alignment and then you get to do it one breath, one movement, and then you flow in your own, which I love because some days I'm like, during the flow in your own, I want to do like an ab workout. I want to do like a little heated Pilates moment. And then other days yeah. I like really want to keep doing the yoga flow and you never feel judged. Like the instructor is not looking at you during that moment. Everyone's in their own zone, which is really rare in a workout class setting. Yeah. And I think th and that's what I wanted, right? Like do what feels good for you. Yeah. That's, that's all I, I, you know, that's all it's I, hard I to care really about. execute that with every instructor. Like you really cultivated the environment. How has that evolved since we kind of skipped over like the moment where you guys, you know, decided to start the studio as a pop-up, but like you were oh, renting yeah. a room. So was we it heated? Was it candlelit? Uh, like how has that evolved in terms of experience? So it was heated and it was candlelit. Um, the heaters were space heaters. They were not infrared um, as they are now, um, but it always was dark and candlelit. We were actually in a space that was in um, a recording studio and they didn't use it on the weekends. Um, so we just rented it out and, you know, we started out of there. And I remember after, um, you know, and the first weekend was like totally free. It was just like for fun. And then, you know, we started charging like 20 bucks a class and, and then after, I think we had the pop-up for about a month, like, or, yeah, probably through like, it was mid-July 2013. So I think we had it for like four weekends. And after that time, there was really no like plan of what to do. And one of um, the girls who had been coming a ton, like every day, like, you know, Saturday, Sunday, back to back, was like, can I buy a package and where are you guys moving to? And I was like, sure. <laughs> we're still working. I was like, we're still working that out. Just can I have your email mm -hmm. and I'll let you know. Um, and that was really kind of all I needed to take the next step. And, you know, New York is such an incredible place. And I think now we see all these co-working spaces and mm -hmm. these shared, these shared kind of um, these shared spaces that are super flexible, but you know, again, this is this is 2013, and you know, it wasn't as like common as it is now. And so, really, I think so much of our success is due to being in New York um, because there were those spaces. So we ended up taking a month to month space in like this really interesting kind of artist loft um, spot in Williamsburg in Brooklyn, where we lived at the time. It was super close to our place as well, and it was like 300 square feet. And we could fit like 10 mats max. And that was it. And that was our space for like six months. Um, I do kind of love how you still have that feel in the New York locations though. Like you either have to walk up the stairs or it's like in the back. Oh, yeah. Like it still feels it's in the best locations, but they're still in like and like lofty environments. It's like always a cool vibe. <laughs> We're like, you know, we really thought about it was like, why am I paying like you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars more in rent to have like beautiful storefront windows when like I don't need the windows. No, like I don't need them. It's a dark room. You know I, exactly. So I'd rather pick a space that like is you know sustainable for us financially, which 
proved to be a good decision given the last two years. Um, But, you know, we never needed those spaces and we were completely self-funded for the first um, like three and a half years of the business. So for us, you know, those having that little bit of kind of like cool, hidden, like New York, like weird, like, you know, back of the building space, like really worked for us. I kind of um, love it. I always feel like it really is an escape for me because it's hard. Like when you go into a workout class, that's literally sitting on the street. You look in the window and you're seeing the rest of the world passing by. It's like, I have to, cause I go to the flat iron one all the time. I'm like, yeah. I have to go all the way up the stairs and then up another stairs and then the back room. And I'm like, I feel like I'm actually hidden from the city, yeah. <laughs> which is hard. It's hard. And you know, we, we try and make it so really like when you enter that room, like it is whatever you want it to be. And you can kind of, you know, whatever you're feeling, if you were feeling anxious, like you can let all of that go and really be in the moment, I guess, when you're in the class. It works. How has your relationship with the class changed? Like, are you still taking it all the time? Or oh, yeah. I mean, you obviously have to take it all the time, but is it, it does it feel like work now? Or is it the same? Like, no, this is built for me. Yeah, I love it so much. I, you know, when I was younger, I, you know, we first started, like, I would double, like, all yeah. the time. Like, I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no. No. But, yeah, I love it. I feel like you'd I be dehydrated it. also. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm tired. I have a job yeah. now. Sleepy. Yeah. Um, but I love it so much. It's so, like, you know, I think there were definitely times, I think, with any business, you know, what we went through with the pandemic where like, you're just like, whatever, like I'm done. Like mm-hmm. it's too much. And like, every time I thought about like, all right, like we could just like, you know, cut it instead of just, you know, you know, continuing on with, you know, constant, you know, shit being thrown at us, you know, from, you know, regulations, from cl- mandate closures and all of this stuff, like just like just all this uncertainty, like, and I, I just couldn't do it. Please don't. Um, no, I, I, I just, I love it. I love it so much. I, I really believe in what we do and I believe in the benefit of it. And I think there's such an incredible need for a space like that where it's not about necessarily like seeing all these results. Like obviously like if you do Y7 a ton, like you will get very lean and like fit and like stronger, but like mm-hmm. you'll see results, but I'm more I'm more focused on what you get, what you feel. Like every time I take class, I I walk out of that room, like it is like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Me too. And it doesn't matter like if I was in a great mood, like it doesn't matter. Like nothing could be wrong. It just feels like, oh, I literally like I sweat out a ton of shit and I also feel just like lighter. And I don't know, there's something about that that's like it's this intangible thing that I can't really put my finger on that I never want to let go of. It's so special. I think, I mean, at least I feel it. Like, I feel like ev- you can't go there and not feel how special it is. I try at workout classes around, like, I've tried maybe 100 workout classes, like almost everyone in the city, and there is absolutely nothing like Y7. Like, it is just so special. What do you say, like, or what would you say to someone who, it sounds like you kind of had this experience before Y7 too. It's like, you're, you want to start your fitness journey, you want to start going to classes, but it feels intimidating. Yeah. I mean, it is like if you had, I mean, oh my God, even like six years, six, seven years ago, if you had told me like to go to a class by myself, I'd be like, absolutely fucking not. (laughs) No. And I think that's such a shame. Like I don't want anyone to ever feel that way. Like it's why the studios are like designed the way they are with like, you know, kind of a black and white, like neutral palette. It's because I don't want an experience being thrown at somebody, I want more like you can make this space what you want it, right? Like it's like a great aesthetic, obviously, I think. (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, it's not going to – you're not being like thrown into like, you know, bright colors or symbols or things you don't recognize or like these – you know, you're just able to kind of like enter the space in a way that you can just be who you are. And – I, I mean, anyone trying to start their fitness journey, I would say like the hardest part's like just going to that like new studio the first time, like it's the hardest part. 100%. And I like trying to hammer this into my staff as like hard as I can. I'm like you, because on, 
you know, in a lot of our systems, we can see if it's somebody's first time. Right. So when we see that little icon, it is, have you been here before? Just to double check, could be, you know, a client that's come back or whatever. Um, But it's, have you been here before? Let me tell you where everything is. Because then you're not walking around. Like, that's the weirdest part. Like, yeah, you know, like, where's the bathroom? Where are lockers? Like, especially at Flatiron, like the studios are on a whole different floor. Like, where am I even going? So I try and make it a point to make everyone feel comfortable. And like, it starts with our studio teams. And that's what I think people really forget, especially with like boutique fitness or any place. It starts with those teams. And you can't forget that. Like, yeah, like the class is in the room, but your like experience checking in can make or break it. Yeah. I work the desk at Rumble part-time and I, every time I see it someone's first time, I'm like overly, not in a scary way. Like you also don't want to overwhelm them, but I just like (laughs) make sure they know where everything is. I'm like, it's going to be fun. Like it's like all in the language and how you approach it because I've definitely checked into classes where I do not feel welcomed at all. Yeah. And it's really hard. It's like you then that like already starts to taint your experience, right? Exactly. And that's not what you want. So I think that like getting over that hump is like the biggest thing. You know, I've been to, I remember, I forget what studio it was. This was years ago. It was in Brooklyn. And it was the first time I'd ever done a Megaformer studio. And that's another level (laughs) of intimidation. They were like, come 15 minutes early. And again, because I have an injury, I was like, I want to talk to like, you know, the instructor and just be like, hi, like, I might skip some stuff, skip some stuff or if like there's a modification, like let me know. Mm-hmm. I came 15 minutes early and the instructor who was also like checking everybody in was shopping for Nikes. And I was like, I was like, I've never been here before. She was like, cool. And you like, have like a genuine concern and injury that she should be attending to. Oh, I walked out halfway. It's so hard because you could go to your finally, like you build up the courage to go to your first class and yeah. then that happens and it you might never go to any workout studio ever again because you think that's how I they know. all are. I know. It's so hard. It's so hard. And like, I, you know, it is what it is. But I was like, I came early. Like you did your job. She needs I to tried do in a we- I tried in a we. I tried in a weird way to be like, hey. Yeah new here what you shouldn't have had to do (laughs) first time yeah super excited never used one of these machines and she was like "Mm mm-hmm well that's why I love that you were consumer first and like looking for the studio in YC like you created what you were looking for yeah and that's really one of the reasons that I made a conscious choice probably like to after I got my um my certification um I made a conscious choice not to teach um the studio is not about me at all. Um, it's really about, it's about the client. Like I want, again, like I don't want any of our clients coming for a specific teacher. I don't want them coming to like be in the front row. Like I want them coming for themselves. Um, and so I made a conscious choice like not to teach. And also I think it's really important. Like my teachers are incredible. Like I have an incredible team and they're all amazing. And so I, I think you know, it gets really tricky when you're a founder instructor, you can get kind of lost in like the teaching experience versus the consumer experience. And I already knew I had a great team of teachers and I wanted to make sure that the experience was staying consistent. And the best way to do that is by being the client. Yeah. What's like striking me is I feel like the fact that you weren't a yogi and you didn't become an instructor for me, it's like, so where does your passion and talent lie in all this? Because you've cultivated such an intentional experience. Like every, like it has such intention behind it and it's actually executed. Like I've never had a conversation or a thought in my mind, like which instructor should I go to at this studio? Like at Y7, it's just not a thing. Like I just know it's going to be great no matter what. I'm just like, what time can I go? That's right. really just what I go by. So what is like your main passion in all of this is it like the branding like what where does it come down to I I think it's it's the experience as a whole you know it it's really that like when I finally got the experience that I wanted and was able to like explain it to like teachers we were hiring I was like this is what I want and like working with them like 
on like how we should be like, you know, creating those peaks and valleys in class and having those moments. It was really like, that's what I'm passionate about. And I'm passionate about, you know, introducing people to a different way of movement that really can serve them and opening up that door. I think that's what I really care about. Like there's so many times that I hear, oh, like it's so cool you're in a yoga studio. I don't do it. And like, I'm not offended. Like I don't like, <laughs> I don't literally don't care what you do. Like awesome. Um, they're like, well, I'm not flexible. I'm like, well, that's like, that is a product of practicing. Nobody right. comes in like perfectly flexible. And I think that in itself is such a mental barrier that people have. People think of like, in order to do yoga, you have to be flexible. It's like, no, you get flexible by doing yoga. I'm so inflexible. That's why I only go to Y7 because I'm like, I can just focus on me. The lights are off. Yeah. We're in like the, it's, it, you do not have to be flexible. Right. And like, you're going to surprise yourself one day. Yes. You're going to do and something and you're like, yeah, the heat helps. And like, it just like kind of helps like relax and like loosen up a little bit. But like, you're going to surprise yourself one day and you're like, oh, wait, I am actually. And, well, that's you what's know, cool about it. Like I go for honestly my mental health and like I just love the experience. It's an escape for me. So it's like I go like once a week and I just feel like over time I'm like, oh, I can do that a little bit more now. <laughs> yeah. And that's like that's that's what I care about. It's kind of that like realization that like these aren't like changes take time, right? Like progress takes time. And we're so conditioned in the way that we live to see this like instant gratification. There's always something that can make it happen faster, get it delivered faster, like faster, 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 now, now, now. And her bodies don't work like that. Yeah. And they never will. Like, surprise. Like, they're not going <laughs> to, like, they're not going to, like, we should know by now. Like, that's not how it happens. Like, you have to be consistent and you have to, you have to stay committed. And I think that that is, that's something that I really, really feel strongly about and even if I'm not the best at it I'm actually horrible at like staying consistent with things it's not my strong suit but um we're working on it and but I just I I don't know that's like where I feel I feel really really passionate about opening that door to people and helping them realize that there's so much more that they can think they they can do than they think um, yeah. And I think that's a really big thing with yoga, right? Because we're shown like all these incredible poses. Handstands. And, like, and, like, and you're yeah. like, oh my God, I can never. Yeah. And it's like, if you break it down into pieces, like, you know, it's just engaging certain muscles and like really working on them in practice. So I love that, that idea of it. And just so real, you just were about like not being consistent. I feel like as a founder of a huge yoga and like fitness modality it there's probably a lot of pressure I would assume I don't know but like you just keep it so real and it's so relatable like no one's absolutely perfect but do you ever feel because even before this podcast started you were like thank you I needed to hear that because like I don't like no one cares (laughs) or you feel like no one cares do you get like a sense of imposter syndrome ever all absolutely all the time and, you know, it started from the very beginning when, like, I I wasn't certified. I now, like, I can teach and I do sometimes. I have my 200 hour. But I, I don't know. In the very beginning, I felt a lot of pressure to kind of, like, fit this mold of what, like, wellness and fitness is. Like, to be, like, you know, really thin and drink celery juice. And, like, it's fucking gross. Like, I don't want it. It also bloats me, it. just saying, not yeah, everything like, works for everyone. It's very salty. I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> and I just at a certain point got really I, – I, like, sat down and I was like, this is so not, like, who I am. Like, I'm never somebody who wakes up, like, trying to wake me up in the morning is, like, a whole feat in itself. <laughs> like, my husband and I, when we had our son, I was like, I will take the night shift if you take morning. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I want it. Give me the night shift. I don't want, I, don't, I was like, I will do the two, I will do the 2 a.m. all day, 7 a.m. Absolutely not. Not for yeah. me. So I, you know, I was someone, I don't have a morning routine. My morning routine is like brush my teeth and get some coffee in my body. Like that's <laughs> it. I, I don't work out well in the morning. I, I'm more of like an afternoon kind of person, like early after or early evening. Um, That's kind of my time. I, and I started to realize that like, that's like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like when, why is that a, bad thing why is that something that we always are like 
you should really, you know, if you want to be successful, you have to wake up at 5 a.m. Like who made that rule? So true. But that's why it's so refreshing. It's so refreshing to hear you say that. And it also just feels like you're really in touch with what your body and your mind needs, which might also be a result from all the yoga, honestly. I mean, one can <laughs> one can hope. Um, everybody come to Y7. Yeah. Um, but I just, yeah, at a certain point I was like, I this isn't me. And I'm like, I'm if I'm talking to our client and who is going to resonate with the studio, it might not be the person who like has a perfect diet, wakes up at 5 a.m. Like it's probably the person who's like, I am hungover. I just need to come to something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, great. You want to lay on your mat? Cool. Sweat it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You maybe, it's, you know, you go into child's pose during every flow on your own. Awesome. It's such a great hangover class, I must say. <laughs> we always we always joke because that's definitely our like, we used to have, we like changed up our schedule a little bit, but we used to have a 10 a.m. and 11.15 and we always used to laugh at the 11.15 class. Like all yeah. my teachers were like, Everyone in that fucking class, Saturday and Sunday, is hungover. They're like, the 11.15 is my hungover class. And they're like, I fucking made it. I'm going it's to brunch. So funny. No, literally. And I'm always like trying to chug so much water because I'm like, is this okay to do hungover? Like, I, I want to sweat it all out, but I'm like, I don't want to get dehydrated. No, you're going to – what's really great about the infrared and – Yeah, you know, can you tell me the difference between infrared and like when you use space heaters? Yeah, so – what um what you're getting with like regular heated yoga classes um and again like I don't there's nothing wrong with them they're totally fine um but it's just a different kind of heat so it's forced air so think about if you turned your heater on in your apartment and you're like standing in front of it and you feel hot air yeah that is what you're getting and so the way that that works is it's hot air coming through the room and there's a lot of barriers that it has to get through to actually get into, not into your bloodstream, but to affect like how um, your heart is working, how your blood is working, things like that, and how your circulation is working. Um, That's the word I was looking for, not blood. Um, How your circulation is flowing. So um, you lose a lot of water in classes that are forced air and have just like heaters. Now with infrared, what it actually does is it heats the molecules within the air. So you're getting a bit more of a dry heat, like think like Arizona versus like Miami, like you're still going to sweat, but it's not that like sticky. It doesn't feel suffocating in Y7 ever. And then what if you actually touch your skin while you're sweating and notice the difference, you're actually sweating out. It's a little bit more oily. Mm -hmm. So you're really sweating out like things from a deeper layer and not just water. So it's a more efficient way of heating the body, of increasing circulation, which increases blood flow and all that stuff. And it just ends up being more of a detoxifying process. Um, You know, and it's not like, I'm not a scientist, so, but, um, (laughs) but from, you know, what, uh, we know about infrared heating and I I don't know that there's that much like, you know, hundreds of years of research, but it is shown to increase that circulation, which increases blood flow, which in turn increases the detoxification of the system. It's just helping everything move more efficiently. And that's really what I think is really cool about it and why we kind of chose to go that route. It's a little bit healthier for you. Um, you know, you're not just kind of breathing in like stale stuck air. Um, it's also why that like, I had a really hard time during the pandemic because we actually have like fresh air intake and outtake in all the studios. So what that means is like, we're constantly pulling out stale air through our HVAC system and pumping in fresh air from outside. And we always did that. So I was like, hello, (laughs) we are safe. Um, (laughs) please let me open. Um, but it's really like a cool way to heat the body. And that's really why a lot of people feel a lot better. And you kind of have that little bit of a glow and it's not as drying on your skin. Um, I'm sure as a woman, you care about your skin. It feels so different. I don't feel like one suffocated in class. And I also don't leave feeling like I was saying, I was afraid of like being, feeling dehydrated or faint. Like I've after a Bikram yoga class, like I've literally felt like I'm going to pass out before. It's Yeah. And what's cool about infrared is that like, you don't need it to be like with Bikram, like they're putting it at 105 because you need the, like the higher the heat, the like faster it'll do that kind of detoxification process we just talked about. But with infrared, because you're not pumping air and you're heating the molecules in the air, 
it doesn't need to be 105 to get the same benefits. Does that make sense? Like it yeah, can, so it we try and keep the temperature between like 85 and 90. Obviously, like, you know, we can't control it. It depends how many bodies are in the room, but that's mm-hmm. kind of the range we go in. And you get, you would get the same benefit if it was, I don't know, 70 or if it was like 100. So I think it's, you know, really important for it to be hot, but not like so hot you can't move um, yeah. or that like you're tired or drained. Yeah. But it's super, it's super interesting. Yeah, it is. I honestly never knew the difference. And now so much makes sense about Y7. I like posted a TikTok the other day and I was like, why do I not look that disgusting? And now I feel like I under, like, I was like 20 minutes after class, I took my hair down and like my, I like didn't look that trash like I would from like a crazy hot yoga class. And I really think that has to be why. Because my skin wasn't dried out and like the blood vessels and all the things. Yeah, it's just like I think it's a it's a cleaner, more efficient uh, way to heat the body. And it has like all those benefits. Like people spend like 60 bucks to sit in an infrared sauna for 45 right. minutes. Right. Wow. Didn't even think about that. Bang for your buck. <laughs> You're doing movement You know, too. just doing yeah. – trying to get all the things in. Yeah. I had one more question before we get into the ending segment. I just wanted yeah. to know like where does spirituality play a role in – the Y7, I don't know, like mentality because I like there's chakras involved and like yoga can be pretty spiritual, but also like it's such an approachable practice. You don't seem like too woo-woo at all. Yeah. I think that's, that's something I was also really conscious of where I think spirituality is really personal. Um, my spiritual practice is very, very personal to me. It's not like anything I've ever had like told to me. And I think that's a big thing, right? You hear people say certain things and you immediately kind of dissociate because you're like, I don't, I didn't, you know, study Mm -hmm. that book. I think a lot of classes that I took where it was, you know, um, you know, Patanjali says when he's talking about the sutras and I was like, what the hell is a sutra? Like I didn't know until I, you know, I took my training and that's, that immediately kind of took me out of the practice. And so we really try to weave in, you know, yogic philosophy in a way that's super applicable. You know, even when we talk about the breath, like it is, if you really look at what breathing does and how it regulates our our emotional response and how it has the ability to kind of calm us physically, I think it all goes back to, we can tie everything back to not only science, but this idea of spirituality. And it's the idea that this breath is something we all have within us. And we can control it. And I think it's such a beautiful way of thinking about, you know, any life situation. And I I think about this and I say this all the time, you know, when you're in class and, you know, you're holding, you know, that warrior three or a high lunge or a plank and your instructor says, we're only here for five breaths. It is temporary. We're not going to be here forever. What if we all went through our tough life situations like that by instead of reacting by instead of getting out of that pose or like i can't do this we would never do that in a class you're like oh five breaths no big deal right Right? what if we started to look at all those tough moments that we have in our lives moments of frustration anger sadness as just temporary and what if we used our breath as a tool just like we do physically to get through those moments and to regulate our systems. And I think that's really where like we can get a little, you know, get a little bit of spiritualness into Y7 is really these practical items where it feels accessible. Like that feels accessible. That I can, you know, as somebody who, you know, isn't very deep into yoga philosophy, like that's something I get. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something a lot of people can resonate with. They're like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Completely. And I, I kind of have the chills with how you just said that because I've really, really been into breath work for like a few years now and just how it physically can alter my my state. It's like it can mm-hmm. calm me down. It can energize me like no matter how I'm using it. And I agree. I try to use breath in like the hardest of times to get us through it. And Y7, every time they say like, okay, everyone take a deep breath in and then sigh it out. And everyone like 
is literally is using sound and just sighing everything out of their body in the dark. It is so liberating. And it it does. It physically like changes something within your body. Yeah. And once again, I'm not a scientist, but I know there's something that happens when you <laughs> there, do that. That's how it I really feel. like, I'm you like, know, it changes it, there's something. some <laughs> there's some sort of brain, you know, connection that happens. And for please forgive me if any scientist listens to this. I'm really sorry that I'm butchering your field of study. Um but there is there is something that happens and it's really I think it's really important. And the more we can start to recognize these little tools again that we all have, that's that's something that's super important to me. So you know, and again, I think I think what's so interesting about like yoga is like people who are entering that room, like you as an instructor, don't know mm-hmm. where everyone is coming from, right? And in order to truly be inclusive and to truly be this space where we're breaking down these barriers, it's not. I don't want to impose personal belief on anybody, especially a room of people who are there maybe to forget, maybe they're in a tough family. So I don't know what anyone's going through. So we try and use language that's really, um, you know, focuses on the collective. So we say we a lot. Instead, you won't really hear any of our instructors say I at all. You won't hear them say, I have a really hard time in this pose. Or I was walking down the street. I was like, as a student, like years ago, taking class, I'm like, I don't care what you did. Yeah. Sorry. So true. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> happens all of the time like I'm I'm not here to listen to your story about mm-hmm. your your relationship with chair pose okay <laughs> um just tell me like am I like are my knees where they're supposed right. to be like am I in the right place so right I think that for that reason we really try and just help people set intentions give people the space to start to think about what they want out of their time in the room and to let them take it from there. We're just, I think the biggest thing I want, I always want people to recognize is that we're not asking you, you know, for anything big, just meet us where you are and that's it. And that's enough. It's just wild to me that that actually translates. Like every time a friend wants to get into workout class or yoga or something and like is intimidated, I always recommend Y7 because it's just true. It's not just like some fluff that you guys put on the door. Like it's infused into the language into I've said this so many times already, but like, it's just infused into the intention behind everything you guys do. So I am obsessed with you with Y7 and everything you guys are doing. So thank you for creating Y7 because I'm obsessed. And I just feel like you've broken down barriers for women to just know that like, if you want something, you can just create it and you don't need to have a certain degree or a certain anything like you can just create it. And it doesn't have to be perfect. And like, if it works out great, if it doesn't like, it's okay. Like that, you know, it took me two, two years to leave my career to do Y7 full time. We had three studios. I was like answering, like I had all back when we had phones, they all got forwarded to my cell phone. Um, the number, um, that was like, whatever was used one of those like forwarding services. (laughs) It, It took me a while to like, all in like I don't think you have to I think that's one of the reasons that we've been successful too is because this was never you know in the beginning stages when it's the hardest right you're figuring out who your client is who your person is who you're talking to trying to keep your teachers happy your staff happy everybody happy and you start to worry a lot about money and mm-hmm. you start to listen to everyone everyone's opinions like you should have this class you should do this class you should add weights like and you don't have to make those decisions because you're not necessarily worried about, you know, money and, you know, surviving all the time. So it was, I'm really glad that we ended up growing the way we did because I was able to be like, no, I just, I want to do this thing. I'm not really concerned about like making a ton of money. I just, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to keep the experience consistent. Yeah. And it's, I think that's something that, you know, people don't think about a lot. It's always about like, I need to raise money. I need to have a business plan. I need to have an exit plan. And like, those things are great. And they work great for some concepts. Like you're starting a CPG brand. Great. But you know, it's different for everybody. I think again, it's that idea of this instant gratification. Like I started a brand. I'm a millionaire. Especially in like the age of TikTok right now. It's like you could just wake up and have a million followers or whatever. And that's like what people are wanting. 
crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. And there's no like, especially with TikTok, like I like who like I don't know why things become like I can't figure it out. Like, I don't know why things hit. Like, yeah. I don't think ask even me. The creators, <laughs> even the creators are like, I don't know why this one thing hit. Like, yeah. I, good for me, because like now everyone's you know watching the rest of the stuff, but like I don't even think they know all the time and it it's hard to it's hard to pin down and I think I don't know, it's it's a very interesting starting something is very interesting. Well, it sounds like you were led by like a strong why and a passion and like you knew that people you had, you know, the validation from people that they were enjoying it and wanted more. So like that sounds like is what led you to just keep going with it for years before you could even go all in. Yeah. And I loved it. Like I, you know, I loved, I still love, I love what we do. Well, what a perfect note to end on. So let's go into fun facts and favorites. What is your sure. favorite work, favorite workout class other than Y7? Oh, I, I love anything reformer Pilates. I love New York Pilates. Heather is a dear friend of mine. I think they do such an incredible job. Okay. I haven't been there in years. I'm going to go back there soon. You should. They do a great job. I love it. Okay. Favorite podcast, if you listen to them. Oh, do you my not favorite murder? No, I don't. Oh. But I only oh, listen to true like, crime. Murder, murder ones. <laughs> I'm a big. I'm a big. My favorite murder fan. Is that the one with Jack Vanek? No, no, it's, she's on um, a different one. It's Georgia Hardstark and Karen Kilgariff, and they're just like such such a delight to listen to. <laughs> What's your favorite book? Oh, my favorite book. This is very nerdy. My favorite book is called The Monk. I forget the author off the top of my head, but it was written in like the 17th century, and it's all about like um willpower and it, there's like adultery in it and just like it's a very big book about like questioning your identity and how you grapple with that and I read it I read it once a year and I think it's just like wow. I read it in high school in English and like it has just like it's so relevant even to today it's just such a beautiful book yeah I'm reading Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. It's nonfiction, but I'm like very into the monk mentality right now and what you can learn from it. So I might, I'm going to have to get that book. Yeah. It's called The Monk and it's very like, it's tough to get into. The first hundred pages you're like, what? Yeah. Because it's, it was written in like, I don't know, 1790 or something. And you're like, what the, what is this? But once you get past that and like. I know everybody asked me and I'm like, this is not going to be like some like it, but it no, it's really cool. just like, it holds really true for me. And it just talks about like identity and like, there's like very interesting points about like, um, at, you know, you kind of get this like idol, um, you know, and kind of peasant mentality where it's like it, the trouble with having like an idol or a guru and, mm-hmm you know, and what that can do and what that can do to the guru or the idol and their ego and how that ends up destroying who they are because of the expectation that's placed on them. It's just a very, like, there's so many, like, incredible pieces of, like, learning in there that just are just, like, beautiful. That's very interesting, especially given what you do, because I feel like a lot of people can adopt that guru mentality and it can it can get toxic. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. It's not. When, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk, when do we'll you, talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> when do you feel your happiest? Oh, when I'm having dinner and drinks with uh, my friends. That's cute. I like that answer. Yeah. What would be your last meal on earth? Oh. <laughs> Man, I love food. So this is like very. Could be very a spread. I know. I have like six answers also. I mean. What's coming to mind right now is when I was abroad in Italy, there was this incredible, and I don't know if you know this or if anyone who's listening is going to care, but like chicken parm is not a thing. You know, like that is not an Italian thing. That is an American thing. Mm -hmm. But there was this restaurant in Rome called Tony's and it was like, Interestavere, like by like it was where like we all went to college, like where we had like where the school was, and 
he was like, everyone asked me for chicken parm, so I'm going to make chicken parm. And he served it in like the, in the pan and it was so crispy and so like, I can't even talk about it. I'm salivating. It's so <laughs> good. At the moment, that's my last meal. Okay. That's a great last meal. <laughs> that so might be good. one of the best answers yet. Okay. Where can the people find you in all things Y7? Um, Y7, you on Instagram is just at Y7 Studio. Um, you can follow us online on our website at y7-studio.com. We have a great digital platform where if you're on the go or traveling, you can flow wherever you are. Um, and then if you want to follow me, um, I am Sarah, S-A-R-A-H underscore Ayako, A-Y-A-K-O on Instagram. Well, thank you so much. I You've been on my dream guest list forever. So I'm like so happy right now. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Of course. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram. So definitely join us all there. And I will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.